Good morning, Tom Moran here from Thomas Big Spiders. In this morning's podcast, we're going to do a bit of talking about shipping tarantulas. Now, I know I've covered the topic before, specifically around shipping in the winter, but summertime is just around the corner. Spring's coming pretty soon. The weather will be hot, and we have some of the same issues we do when trying to ship tarantulas in the winter. Plus, I've received several emails over the course of this winter season from folks asking about you know shipping tarantulas, to asking questions about how to choose spiders, to basically expressing dissatisfaction from for dealers that they have gone through because it sounds more like they just didn't understand how the process works. And it is a little different from, say, ordering something off of Amazon. I think what happens is people get very used to being able to hop on the almighty Amazon. They want something. They place their order. You know, the order's packed up the next day. It's on your doorstep two days later. And it's a lot different when you're shipping tarantulas or animals, for that matter. It's There are a lot more things you have to think about. The logistics are completely different. So I, what I'm going to try to do here is help out some of the dealers out there that are doing an amazing, a jo- amazing job keeping the hobby stocked in these amazing animals and try to cover some things that people may need to consider before they ship. Uh, some of them will just be normal, everyday things. Some of them will involve, you know, the shipping in the heat of the summer or the extreme cold of the winter, some things you need to think about, and hopefully just make the process a little more clear to try to save our vendors some time and energy having to answer emails that may be stuff that seems pretty obvious to those of us who have shipped tarantulas or bought tarantulas online before, but may not be to somebody that's just getting into it. Again, I I know a lot of people will, I get a lot of emails about, you know, I'm about to order my first one, what should I expect, and asking some questions or whatnot. So we'll try to address some of these right off the bat. So just to kick it off, yes, it's very safe and easy to buy tarantulas online. I live in a state where it's illegal to sell them publicly, so we're not allowed to sell them in pet stores or expos or anything like that. Uh, which means basically I either have to drive to neighboring states like Massachusetts to buy them if I want to buy them in person, or I've just gotten very used to ordering everything online. I've been doing it for many, many years now, and I can count the number of issues I've had ordering tarantulas online on one hand. I think I've only ever had three DOAs total, and that's it, which is great. Oh, that's kind of a lie. I did have one instance where I ordered from somebody off Arachnoboards, a private person that was selling tarantulas on her own, and she sent them in basically 30-degree temperatures with no heat pack. So that one did not end well for the animals in that box. But if we take that out, as far as ordering from dealers, I've been very fortunate to have no real issues with it. Can a DOA happen? Can an animal arrive dead? Yes, it can. Sometimes it's just natural causes. Sometimes it's, you know, I've heard of horror stories sometimes of packages being lost, but it doesn't happen very often. Now, one thing I want to get out of the way right off the bat, because I just had an email about this the other day, is buying slings. A lot of, uh, um, the majority of what folks that sell tarantulas will carry will be slings, and it'll usually say, more often than not, it'll say unsexed slings. In many cases, they will put a little note there saying that any slings they sell are currently too small to sex, or in some cases, they are sitting on hundreds, if not thousands, of slings, and it's just not a good use of their time to try to sex them all. Anybody that's tried to sex a sling usually involves a microscope. It can be rather tedious work, and it's not always perfect. So when they're saying they're selling unsexed slings, they literally mean they have not taken the time to sex them. So one thing right off the bat, guys, when you're ordering tarantulas online and you're looking at slings, please do not send them an email asking them to give you a female you're going to have a 50-50 shot of getting a female. That's how it works out because they're not going to sex the slings. And it's one thing if you call up or email and ask, hey, you know, I noticed you have unsexed slings. Is it possible you're holding, you know, a sex female or something? 
that's a little bit different. But I think what happens is people think that they can just pull your sling out and flip it over and go, oh, yep, it's a little boy or it's a little girl and send it your way. And that's not the case. There, Some of these dealers are sending out you know, lots of packages a day. They have to pack all these things up. It takes time. Uh, Billy and I, we reference the fact that we used to do uh, book selling. We used to sell books back in the day, publish you know, small press books and stuff. And just packing up the books was a big enough pain. I can't imagine doing it with live animals because – with the books, you could find a weekend where you're just kind of sitting around and doing nothing, and you could pack them all up in a day, and they could sit there in the corner of the kitchen for a little while. You know, it was, looked unsightly, but wasn't hurting anybody. With the tarantulas, you're using heat packs. You have, you know, usually a couple of 72 hours max with the heat packs that you have to get those things out the door and ship. They're live animals. So they don't really have the time to go through each order and go, all right, here's this one-half-inch sling. Let's try to sex it. Plus, you can't sex some things when they're too tiny. So one thing to know right off the bat, if you're ordering unsex slings, that's it. They're unsex slings. Don't bother asking. You know, if you've done it before, I think we've all been there where we've been like, you know, do you have one you know as a female? I get it. Believe me, I do. But it's kind of, it, it just kind of bogs down the whole process. And the idea is we want to keep these guys. Shipping tarantulas is not fun. I'm, I'm assuming you have to really have a love for it to do this for a living. And we want to keep that, the whole pipeline flowing as quickly as possible. So that's one thing I just want to mention because it did come up the other day where somebody was offended because they had ordered from one of the vendors I had recommended and they basically emailed and said, can you please give me a female? And when they answered no, they were upset. They're like, well, I'm ordering, I'm paying $40 for this sling, I want a female. It doesn't work that way. If they're selling sex specimens, they will be denoted as sex specimens. They will have males sometimes for people looking to breed. They will have sex females. You are going to pay more for them. That's the other thing. If I'm a dealer and I have a spider that I'm selling for a sling for 40 bucks, and you ask me to sex it and I know it's a female, that price goes right up. Females are more in demand because they live longer and for people who want to breed, they, they have baby spiders. So obviously if you're getting a sexed female, they're going to charge more for them. That's just how it works. I've also heard people complain about that. I understand why they have sex slings for 40 and they have ones that are only a half inch longer and they're 120. Well, it's because they took the time to raise it up. They sexed it. It's a female. Now they know it's female. You've got the guarantee of having a female that's going to live much longer than the males. You're going to pay more for it. That's kind of how the whole thing works. And then I've alluded to this one before in, in a past one about the the myth about juveniles. There's a myth out there that because once spiders hit you know that inch and a half mark or so, it's, it's a lot easier to sex them. And I've heard folks argue that if you buy a juvenile, there's a good chance that it's just a sexed male that the dealer is trying to offload. So they pretend that it hasn't been sexed so they can get it out and get uh, rid of it. And I can honestly say I've proven that myth to be completely untrue over the last several years. In all my time buying juveniles, I've actually only had four turnout to be male and in one case it was three from the same dealer that I won't mention the name they're not even in business anymore and I don't I don't necessarily think that this was purposeful I want to make that very clear but it just so happened I bought three unsexed juveniles and all three turned out to be male and then I believe it was a piece of Letharia not regal yeah it was regalis I bought a piece of Letharia regalis juvenile and that one turned out to be male as well but that's about it I've had great luck getting females out of the juvenile so a lot of folks uh, this one comes up quite a bit and having spoken to quite a few dealers this is one they get a lot like all right i know you got juveniles there but i don't want them because they're probably males that's not true again guys you have to remember 
they are sitting on hundreds, if not thousands, of species or specimens of tarantulas if they're dealing. And that's a lot of work. Just imagine, I only have, I think, 160 right now. And I can't imagine, I don't bother even sexing most of them out. I don't care. I wait till they're, you know, you can tell what they are in most cases. If I get a good molt, I'll sex it. But I'm not, like, freaking out trying to pull webs out right after they molt the sex. It's just too time intensive. And I just, I'm honestly not that concerned. Let them surprise me when they actually have their, you know, ultimate molt. I know that might shock some people. But you get to a point where it's just like you're happy with whatever you get. If I get a male, I'm not going to have it as long. And then I'm going to, when it passes or I give it off to somebody else to breed, then I'm going to get something else to replace it. So it's fine. But keep in mind, when you're dealing with hundreds and thousands of spiders, you're not going to have the time to go and sex them all. It's just, it doesn't make sense. So I know people think that that's a thing that they're running around and every, there literally is a common misconception out there with some people that they sex everything they have and that's just absolutely not true. So just some things right off the bat to think about before you order. Another thing is, remember, it's going to cost quite a bit of money to ship these guys. So you're talking when you use FedEx, it's usually between 40 and $60 to FedEx overnight. And when you do that, you want to make sure that you dilute the cost of shipping by ordering more specimens. So I do encourage people to try to shop around and find a dealer that has more of what they want. Make I used to do a little list. I basically go around to all the different dealers. I have a little page for each one and I'd write down some of the species they had and what the prices were and then kind of figure out, all right, which ones do I really want? Who has them? And then try to get as many as possible for that place. So do think of that. I know a lot of people complain about the shipping, but it's kind of one of those it is what it is things. If you want a live animal shipped next day to your home, you have to pay a little extra money for it, obviously. And the FedEx prices are pretty high. I know for a fact that the last one I had to ship, I was shipping a mature male out and it cost me 90 bucks to go from here to Florida. Or not Florida, it was California. That's a lot of money. So keep in mind when the dealers are doing it, someone might get breaks because they're, they're doing enough volume that they warrant it, but they're still paying a lot of money for the shipping. So expect that you're going to have to pay a decent amount. So I do have people that will email shocked how much it costs, but guys, think about it. You're, you're shipping basically overnight and you're shipping live animals. Now, back when I was first ordering online, there was generally a couple different options you got if you wanted to ship. You could either ship FedEx overnight or you could ship FedEx two-day. The majority of dealers would give you a lag on FedEx overnight. Two-day would not give you the lag. Lag is live animal guarantee. You want to make sure wherever you're ordering from, you read their live animal guarantee carefully. I encourage people to print them out and highlight if you have to so you're fully aware of what happens if an animal should arrive on your doorstep dead and you're fully aware of what your responsibilities are receiving the animal because that can play into whether or not your money is refunded or your specimen or spider is replaced. Now I've been receiving quite a few over the winter. This became a new thing. I think several dealers are doing this now and I understand why people are getting confused and frustrated but it, it definitely makes sense to me. Back in when I used to order FedEx, it always came to your home. And what I figured out was basically when FedEx shows up in my home, I'm at work. I'm teaching. I'm never there to get it. And a couple times we try to have something sent to my home and I try to get back in time. I didn't. And what happens is if you're not home, if you have something shipped to your home, FedEx, and you're not home, they put that little thing on your doorknob or in your mailbox saying, hey, we tried to deliver. We'll try again tomorrow. Or you can pick it up at the ship center. Now, when that happens, in my case, it meant me driving all the way a half hour back to work at 4 o'clock at night after I had just gotten home and just wanted to relax and waiting for the truck to arrive at the ship center so that I could get my spiders. And so luckily, Billy and I went. We found out it was going to be like an hour. We went and 
to friendlies, got you know something to eat, and then went over and got it. But it really meant for a, made for a pretty exhausting evening, especially because I had to go home, unpack them, shoot a video, and do the rehousing. So. Keep in mind that when the cold winter months are upon us or the warm summer months are coming up, that if you are having a spider ship to your home, the spider is going to be sitting in the back of, in the wintertime, in the case of wintertime, a freezing truck. In the case of the summertime, a disgustingly hot truck for possibly the entire day, depending on where your stop is. I know when I order stuff from FedEx, usually the time they show up is right around 3. That means the truck was probably loaded up. I don't know, we'll go 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. They sit in the back of the truck that whole time. So that is not a good situation for a live animal to be in in the winter or the summer. So what's starting to happen now? And, and I like I know it's going to be inconvenient for people, and I, I know the arguments for it because I've heard them. But they are basically dealers have, have gotten smart. They realize they want to protect the spiders first and foremost. And unfortunately, it might mean that receiving your spider is going to be a bit less convenient. But what they do is they ask if you can have the spider held at a ship center. So basically, for example, using myself as an example, when I figured out that I was never home to receive FedEx packages, I found out that there was a ship center about five minutes from my work in the town I work in. And that's the main hub where they load up all the trucks and send them out. And I can have a package held there and I can go pick it up. So when the package arrives, usually around you know 9 to 11 o'clock in the morning, instead of going out on a cold or hot truck, it sits in a climate-controlled office while I'm out teaching, and then I can come pick it up when I get the opportunity and the spider is safe. And now what's happening is a lot of dealers are saying they will not ship from door to door. They will not drop it off at your doorstep because of these issues. Now think about this. I've been privy to just personally, and it's happened to me, to many instances of people receiving spiders or supposedly getting spiders via FedEx. They're not home in time to receive the package, and then the spider goes all the way back. That puts the spider in danger. We've already established that. And the idea is when you're dealing with a live animal to make the trip as safe as possible. So it makes more sense to have them shipped to a ship center. Now, where we're starting to get issues is this is something that's it seems to be relatively new. I know people have been probably, maybe some of the dealers will chime in, but it seems to be something that's come over the last year or two with people being able to ship in colder and colder temperatures. We've found that we can, you know, use certain types of boxes, the heat packs, and everything. We can ship these guys out. It used to be like below 30. Now some people are shipping 15 degrees and they're arriving fine. But to do that, you kind of have to take the, you know, home delivery off the table. Now, a lot of people are finding that off-putting. I know people have ordered for years are starting to complain that, hey, wait a minute, I've done this for years now, and suddenly I'm not able to get a tarantula at my doorstep. I get it. I do. It's a little less convenient, especially because some of these ship centers can be a good, you know, drive away from where you live. However, the idea is to keep the animals safe. And for people, when, when I used to ship in the winter, basically I would have them hold the package until we had a warm week. So I didn't even bother shipping. Nowadays, they seem to be shipping right through the winter, which is great for people that are impatient, but it kind of changes the rules a little bit. So please keep in mind to make sure you read very carefully all the shipping FAQ for whatever dealer you're buying from. Some of them will ship to your house, but they're going to charge you extra because it does cost more to ship to an actual residence than it does to a ship center, and that's something that people need to be aware of. And I think in, it, with the costs of shipping going up, you know, every couple of years FedEx seems to raise the prices again. They're trying to defer some of those costs. This is going to get very pricey down the road if, if FedEx keeps raising their rates. So I think what they're trying to do is save some of the costs and save some animals from being caught on cold trucks and, and hot trucks during the summer, cold trucks during the winter. 
So be sure to read that FAQ. See what's going on. Does it cost extra to go to your home? Do you really want it going to your home? I do encourage most people and anybody that asks me about shipping, I usually tell them, I personally like to have it go to an express ship center so that I can pick it up. I don't want to play the whole game of waiting for the FedEx. So, you know, the other thing people will do is take a whole day off work and hang around at home, which is fine. If that's, you know, if you need a mental health day, there you go. Get a spider in, get it rehoused. I totally understand. But that's something you want to consider before you ship, that if the temperatures are extreme one way or another, it's a lot safer to have it go to the ship center. So I have received emails from people all upset because like, I just ordered from this place and now they're telling me they won't ship to my home. Well, that's because it's too cold and they don't want the spider to die en route. Another thing to consider is they have a Walgreens, like they just put a Walgreens in my town. It was a Rite Aid before. They turned it into a Walgreens. I was all excited because many Walgreens are actually little hubs for FedEx. They have like a little counter where you can get boxes sent to and you can go pick them up there, which makes it very convenient because obviously there's more Walgreens around than actual FedEx hubs or, or express ship centers. And I was all excited about it. However, they do not accept live animals. They do not want live animals going to these places. They're inside stores and pharmacies. The other one is, uh, I think, Print and Ship is the other one that does it. And there's a couple other places that you can sometimes get your packages sent to and go pick them up. And have I used it before? Yes, we have one you know, up the highway a little bit that I've used before. There's been no issues. But what's starting to happen is if they come in and they know it's a live animal, they can send it back. Now, why is this important? Well, say it's 20 degrees out, you've got your package coming, you said, hey, the hub is a 20-minute drive, but I have a Walgreens, you know, five minutes away from me, I can walk to it. What will happen is the animal will sit in the box on that cold truck going all the way to your Walgreens, they'll go to unload, the people who are receiving the packages will look at it and go, wait a minute, this is a live animal, we don't take these, and then they send it back. So what happens is that spider stays on that truck the entire day while the guy's doing the rest of his delivery, and then goes all the way back. So that's all that extra time it has to sit in either the really cold or really hot truck. And now, I'm sure people are going to be out there saying, well, how often does that happen? quite a bit now. They're getting wise to it. They recognize the dealer names. I don't know if they have. They might even have some system out there that says, hey, by the way, if you get a package from these guys, it's usually a live animal, but they know now. And there's, I've heard many instances of people who have had their animals shipped to one of these places. Either a Wal- Walgreens seems to do it quite a bit or the click and ship or print and ship. And basically they have their packages returned. So they go to pick them up and they're told, nope, we sent it back. We don't take live animals. So those, as much as they are convenient, and believe me, I can literally look out my window right now where I'm doing this podcast from and see the top of the building that has one of these ship centers places in it. And I can't have them shipped there anymore because I don't want them sent back. So Here's the deal. When dealers tell you they can only ship to one of the actual legitimate, you know, FedEx ship centers, the FedEx hubs, that's not to make your life miserable. That is to ensure that they don't end up with dead animals. Nobody wants, I mean, first and foremost, put the welfare of the animal Make that paramount. That's the most important thing. I know we don't like driving all around, especially after work. It's a long day and I got to go drive to a ship center. But these are animals. We're not getting an album off Amazon or batteries or whatever. I don't know, whatever people ship. It's They're live animals. So we want to make sure that they're as safe as possible. So when you order, this is important for anybody to consider. During those you know cold winter months, warm summer months where the temps are kind of iffy, anytime, honestly, you're shipping live animals, the best place to get those packages delivered is one of those ship centers. You can go pick them up. Keep in mind for people that don't work near their homes, and this is something obviously I've just alluded to that I do, you can contact them because what they're going to do is they're going to go up, they're going to take your home address. 
They're going to put it in, and FedEx is going to tell them what what are the closest places they can have these closest ship centers, and they'll have a couple of Walgreens in there, and they'll have you know maybe a print and ship, and they'll have you know the actual hub. So they have to choose a hub. However, if you're like me, the hub that you choose, there's a couple of different hubs you could choose. One of them is actually very close to work, so try to use that to your advantage. If you know you work near one, you'll do some research beforehand, find out where the FedEx hubs are, and have one ready because you can tell them, listen, this is exactly where I want it sent. When I go to have spiders sent to me, I give them the address of the hub and say I would like it held at this hub. It takes, you know, makes it a lot easier for them. Make sure that it's easier for me because I know my spider is going exactly to that hub, and I don't have to worry about you know tracking it down or trying to you know switch it out when it's in route. So plan ahead of time. Recognize the fact that if they tell you they're not going to ship ship directly to your home, this isn't a way to make things inconvenient for you. They're not trying to screw you over. They are trying to make sure that experiences taught them once they go on those trucks and go to your home, that's when things can go wrong. And one of the reasons I'm harping on this is because I actually got an email last week, a very irate new keeper who had basically learned of a dealer from my site and was angry with me because they went to order and the dealer said they were going to have to drive 15 minutes to pick up their spider when they wanted it dropped off at home. And as we went back forth, uh, back and forth a little bit, we found out, well, they weren't going to be home when the spider was going to be delivered anyway. They were going to try to rush home and get it, which is kind of problematic. And they thought that the dealer was trying to screw them out. They're like, listen, I'm paying you know, this much money for overnight shipping, and now I have to go pick the thing up. So we did get in the back. They did seem much more reasonable afterwards, but they had already canceled their order out of anger. So I'm trying to prevent this to happening to more people. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, too, that gets mentioned quite a bit, and I have had over the course of the years several emails pertaining to this. When you ship tarantulas, mostly, as we alluded to before, you can ship two-day or most people want to ship overnight. You know, 24 hours, you got the spider there. It limits the chance of it, you know, freezing or getting too hot and the heat pack's not going to run out. That's usually the one everybody uses. Now, when you order from a tarantula dealer online and you choose one overnight shipping, that does not mean the tarantula is going to show up at your doorstep the next day. So here's what happens, and I've heard of this one quite a bit. The person goes online, you know, goes on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and they order their tarantula, and they pick overnight shipping, and then Thursday they're upset because they haven't received the shipping notice. But the spider's on its way, right? I shipped, you know, overnight shipping. It should be here. That is not how it works, and this is why it is incredibly important, and, and the best bit of advice I can give to anybody. Before you order from anyone, well, two pieces of advice. One, look up reviews. Go online, look up reviews, look up the good, look to see what the bad you know people say, because sometimes what will happen is you'll get somebody that's disgruntled that just tries to discredit the place because they, they were grumpy or had a bad experience. Try to look and see what the general consensus is about them. This way you avoid places like you know backwater reptiles or... You know, back alley reptiles, whatever you want to call it, the places that have terrible reputations. Do your research first. Find out if it's a good place. Feel free to shoot out an email or ask people. Uh, there are many Facebook groups out there that they'll tell you who the good ones are. Um, and do your research first. And secondly, when you choose a place you're going to order from, read through their website, read their FAQs, read their shipping information. Read up on what their lag is. Read up on their shipping dates and when they actually ship and package. Because here's something people don't remember when they're ordering. And again, we talked about this. They're shipping live animals. I can't, if I'm shipping a live animal, I can't just come home Friday night, crack a beer, pack up a bunch of spiders and leave them sitting there to ship out on Monday. It takes time. It takes setup. To do this efficiently, they have to do more than one at a time. They're not just, I know there's this, I think people picture it as like, I just bought my grandma stole a polka and 
And as soon as I hit the button to purchase the spider, they get a little alarm. They go, oh, we got a spider. And they pick it up and they, they pack it all up and they ship it. That's not how it works. They have designated ship days. And that's something you want to check before you order. What are the designated ship days? When you order on a Saturday, what day can you expect it to go out? For many people, if you order on a Thursday, Friday, or maybe even Saturday, then you have a good chance of your spider going out on Monday. However, a lot of times it's Saturday and Sunday are going to be their packing days, so they're not going to look at those orders until Monday to go out on Tuesday. A lot of people now will not ship after Wednesday because what happens is FedEx doesn't ship or doesn't deliver on a Saturday. So if I order, if I ship a spider on a Thursday, it gets lost Friday. You're not getting that spider, and at the very least, until Monday. So when they do this, it isn't to inconvenience people because I've had people like I don't, I can't believe that I'm ordering, I'm paying them a hundred bucks for this spider, and they're making it so hard. No, experience has taught them. That if you ship a spider late and if it should get lost, you're going to potentially end up with a dead spider or a spider that, you know, it's, it's stressful for everybody. Nobody benefits there. So please, before you ship, research your vendor. And obviously, I'm more than happy to give a list of people that I've used that I have no problem. They're, you know, great shippers and vendors or whatever. And comb through that site and read all the information they have about shipping, about lags. If you have to, take notes. Print stuff out. I've done this too, where like sometimes you're reading stuff on a computer screen, you can't take notes. I printed the stuff out, made notes on it. Call if you have a question or email beforehand. I mean, because there's nothing worse than you've already plunked down your money, you're stressing out because you're getting your first spider, and now you've got to start asking questions. Ask questions beforehand if there's something you're worried about. If you're thinking of ordering, and I don't think this would be a, a bad idea, if you're thinking of ordering and you're not sure where the local ship center is, Tell them, email, drop them a line, say, here's my address. I'm thinking of ordering for you guys. Where would the local ship center be so you can prepare ahead of time? But be informed. A lot of questions that vendors get can easily be answered by somebody going through the website and actually reading the content they put up there. A lot of them have gone through so much stuff that they they know exactly what people are going to ask and what they're going to want to know about. And therefore, they do these FAQs on their site or these you know shipping pages Read through them, know what you're going through, because I've had several instances of people emailing and going, you know, you you recommended so-and-so to me, and I ordered a spider on Sunday night, and here it is Tuesday, and I'm just hearing back that they're going to ship. Well, that's how it works. You have to check and see which days you order, which days they ship. Sometimes they don't ship every day. Sometimes they won't ship on, a again, a, a Thursday or Friday. Some of them will ship on Thursday, but not Friday. Be aware of this stuff before you order. That's not a vendor being lazy. That's not a vendor trying to screw you out of anything. That's a vendor who has probably been doing this for quite a while and experience has taught them that if you ship on certain days, then you have an increased chance of the spider getting lost or getting, you know, basically held up somewhere over the weekend. When they say overnight shipping, what it means is when the spider ships, the spider will be coming to you within 24 hours and you will get notice of this. And that's why it's also crucial that if you're ordering online, you check your bulk, you check your email constantly. A lot of times stuff, unfortunately, it's just how, you know, the old internet works. Somebody sends off an email, hey, by the way, your spider is about to ship and it ends up in the bulk. Somebody doesn't see it and then we have a nightmare. So make sure you check your bulk, make sure you check your emails, feel free to contact the vendor if there's any confusion, but be prepared to wait a little bit for your spider. Just because you're ordering your spider, on a Thursday afternoon, because you know you've gotten out of work, you get paid tomorrow. Heck, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger right now. Your spider is not coming Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Your spider will likely be there Monday, possibly even Tuesday. 
Also, many of the vendors that sell also go to expos where they're, you know, basically out of the loop and out of contact for a little while, usually a weekend or so. So please, most of them will put up signs, hey, we'll see you at, say, Tinley is the one that's going on now. We'll see you at Tinley this weekend. That means they're probably not going to be shipping. That means they're probably not going to be as responsive for emails. So please be aware of that as well. It's part of how the hobby works. You know, these guys have to, they, they do a lot of online sales, but they like to get some FaceTime in by going to the expos and the shows. And to do that, obviously, it means they're not at home packing up spiders. So that's something to keep in mind. So when you order, again, just to reiterate, because I know this is getting a little bit long, be sure to read through the website. Be sure to figure out which days they're actually shipping. If you've already come in after that deadline, don't freak out if they tell you your spider won't be shipping to the next week. So if you order on a Friday afternoon, there's a chance your spider might not be going out to Tuesday. Make sure you check your email. A lot of them will not ship unless they hear from you. That's another issue I've heard of people you know, complain about where I ordered a spider and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. It didn't ship. And then you find out, well, they sent you an email asking if this ship day would be okay because they will check with you. They want to make sure your home are available or that you know where to pick up the spider. If you don't answer that, they're not just going to go, oh, well, let's give it a shot and ship it. They're going to hold on to it. So be, you know, you need communication from your side as well. And be aware that when they say one day shipping, that does not mean the spider is going, if you order it on a Monday, it's shipping Tuesday. It doesn't work that way. It could be a little while. Sometimes in the winter when the temperatures get so extreme, we're talking, you know, down in the single digits, they will hold your orders. This has happened quite a bit this winter. We've had some real, you know, those polar vortexes where they haven't been able to ship at all. Or it might be the the weather at your home is fine, but the weather at one of the ship hubs where they go where the planes fly out of is bad. That can hold up. Be aware of that as well. Now, another thing that comes up is how they measure the spider. I've heard this complaint quite a bit, and sometimes it's it's a little bit laughable, but familiarize yourself with how big spiders are before you order because it's good to have a visualization. I did a little chart in one of my website pages on Tom's Big Spider showing like compared to a pencil how big some of these spiders are because what will happen is somebody will say the uh, spider is a half an inch. People immediately picture something that is much larger than you're actually getting. It's, it's not that the spider you got was smaller than a half inch. It's that what you were picturing was much larger than that. A half inch spider is tiny. It's a very small spider. A quarter inch spider is ultra tiny. They scare me. I've been doing this for a long time. I, I have some pretty good experience in the hobby. The tiny, teeny tiny spiders still freak me out. I'm still worried I'm going to kill them. I've had good luck with them, but I'm still worried that they're just so tiny they're just going to disappear. So be aware before you order, They basically how they measure the spiders is they go by, it's called DLS, diagonal leg span. You go to one of the front legs, the first set of walking legs, to the opposite walking leg in the back, and that gives you the diagonal leg span. We do not measure the body length in the United States. I know some European countries do that. I personally, if you tell me a spider has a two-inch body length, that doesn't tell me at all how big that spider really is with the leg span. I'm more interested in leg span, quite frankly. But whatever works, whatever floats your boat, that's fine. But know that the dealers over here look at diagonal leg span. Now, I've heard complaints that people have gotten spiders that they received that they thought were smaller than they actually were. It's funny because most time when people have been able to go and get a tape measure anywhere near them, they go, oh, actually these are right around a half inch. So prepare yourself ahead of time what type of size you're getting. Now, sometimes you get a spider that's bigger. And here's why. People think that this is like, this is huge inconvenience. I always thought it was kind of a bonus. But what happens is they put these spiders up for sale and when they get them, they're probably half inch. Uh, say somebody at uh, you know Jamie's Tarantulas puts up a, a, a 
tarantula that's about a half inch at the time. Well, a few months go by. What's going to happen during that time? Well, the tarantula is being fed. The tarantula is going to grow. The tarantula is going to molt. So it might have put on some size during that. So what happens is the ones that were a half inch, she hasn't seen them in a while. They're buried in their vials or whatnot. She hasn't gotten a good measurement on. She goes to pack them up. They're a little bit bigger. That is totally normal. So do be prepared that sometimes you get a spider that may be larger than what you originally anticipated. Um, years ago, I bought a species. I think it was an LP, and I thought I was getting one that was an inch and a half, and the one I got was about three inches, and it was a little surprising but pretty cool like I got an upgrade as far as I'm concerned and the fact it turned out to be a female was even cooler so keep in mind when you buy a spider and it says it's a half inch prepare for it to be a half inch if it says it's a quarter of an inch prepare for it to be a quarter inch but also keep in the back of your mind that it could be a little bit bigger the other thing that happens sometimes is they will run out of sizes so you'll see vendors sometimes will have three different listing for the same species one will be a half inch one will be an inch and a quarter and the other one will be two inches well what happens is you order an inch and a quarter and sometimes they go ahead and they go oh i don't have any inch and a quarter ones or these look like they're in primo so they'll throw one of the two inch ones in and again it's a bonus but what happens is it leads to a little stress when the spider actually arrives and you realize oh i set up this little tiny amec box for it and this thing is way too big for the enclosure. So that's why I encourage people, my last bit of advice before we end this one, because I think I've covered most of my points here, is when you order, even if you're just getting into the hobby, get in the habit of having extra enclosures ready to go when you get your spiders in. I It's easy for me now because I literally, my, my garage looks like an episode of Hoarders because I've gone through so many different types of enclosures over the years. And what happens is I, I'll go out and buy like 10 of a certain Sterlite container, decide I'm not using it anymore, clean it out, and stack it up in my garage. So I have, in a pinch, I've got something for any size or type spider I could possibly want. However, I know a lot of people don't have that, but what you can do is like you can go to Walmart, you can buy the little deli cups, they have the little souffle cups you can get, I think they're 2.2 ounces, and then they have the, the larger ones that are for like snacks, and I think they're like 5 point something ounces, a little bit bigger, they have lids, keep some of those on hand, because right there, if you have the little 2 ounce one, you have something ready, appropriate size for the teeniest, tiniest of slings. You can always do the vials, but those are a little more difficult to come by in the spur of the moment. You can buy them at Amazon, but they usually charge you an arm and a leg for them compared to if you buy them in bulk. But having those little cups on hand is perfect. Get a couple 16-ounce deli cups. Get a couple 32-ounce deli cups. Have the holes in them. Have them ready to go. And then that way when your stuff comes in and you get a spider and it's like, ooh, it's a little bit smaller than I thought. This has happened to us. It still happens to me. You have a container ready. It's not panic mode. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do with this thing? Conversely, you may get a package in and you ordered a two-inch specimen and lo and behold, they didn't have one, so they sent you a three-and-a-half-inch. Have something ready for it. Little critter keepers are another thing you can keep on hand in a pitch. You can always get a permanent, if you don't like the cage for, you know, to be permanent, you can get a permanent cage later on. But just have things on hand and be ready to go because that's one of the things I hear about happening quite often with people that order online. The spider comes in. It's not quite the size they thought it was going to be. It's either bigger or smaller, and then they're scrambling to get a new enclosure for it. Have stuff ready. As if you get into the hobby, this gets easier and easier because you're always going to have empty cages sitting in your garage or in your spare room or in a closet that you can just pull out and go, oh, yep, I have one of these ready. It's a little more difficult for folks just getting into the hobby because you haven't built that up. But those are some things right off the bat. Have ready. Buy some of those two-ounce souffle cups. Buy some of those five, I think it's 5.5. I might be just making that up, but I think it's just twice the size, just a little over twice the size of the souffle cups. Have 16-ounce deli cups for your, you know, larger terrestrial species. Have 32-ounce deli cups for your fossorial or your arboreal species. Buy a little cork bark, you know, buy a little package of cork bark. Have some cork bark ready. Be ready to go no matter what you receive. It'll just take some of the stress of it off of you. 
So to conclude this one, shopping online for tarantulas is easy. It's, it can be very, very convenient, but there are some things I think those of us who've done it for a while take for granted and don't think about. And I do think there are some things people that are just doing it for the first time need to be aware of that probably aren't as evident as they should be. And that is, you know, right off the bat, don't ask for them to sex your slings. If you're ordering a sling, that's it. Juveniles are not always sex males that they're trying to dump, so don't be afraid to pull the trigger on a juvenile. I actually tell people they're just getting into the hobby that, you know, sometimes they want an adult, they can't find it. I say, next best bet, get a juvenile. You saw it's, it's well established, it still has plenty of time to grow. And usually, once most of the species, once they get to the juvenile stage, really start putting on the size and getting their adult colors quickly. So that's a good one to start with. Don't be afraid and think you're getting a male. When shipping, read through all the shipping information ahead of time. Figure out their shipping schedule. If I order on Friday, when is my order going out? If it's cold out, where is my order getting delivered to? If they tell you they're not going to deliver to your home or it's going to cost you $10 extra and you're going to void your lag if you deliver to your home, that's normal. That's not somebody trying to screw you out of money. They're trying to keep the spiders safe. If you have a local Walgreens nearby, don't have your spider ship there because there's a good chance they'll send it back, which means it's going to be stuck in the mail for a little bit longer or stuck in that truck for a little bit longer. And then always be prepared as far as having the correct cage sizes when you receive them. It happens. It still happens to me. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm just more prepared, but have some of those extra enclosures ready. Have a little, you know, Pick up a little Sterilite bin and just keep extra cages in it. That's what I used to do. It was great because I always had extra fixing. So, if, you know, sometimes you get a freebie and you're not ready for it. You have it all set. I always prepare just in case I get a freebie because sometimes freebies are a lot of fun. And sometimes when you don't realize you're getting them, they can be stressful. Most places now you do have to select your own freebie so you know it's coming. But back in the day, I used to order stuff and you'd get a freebie. You didn't know it was coming. And then it was the mad scramble to make sure you had something ready for it. And first and foremost, before you order, always do your research on the dealers. Don't take it for granted. Don't read one good review because, you know, you can put in the name of a vendor and a lot of times the first thing that comes up is, I love these guys. These were great. You don't know if that's the real deal. I know I'm thinking of a particular vendor that if you look them up, the first couple of things that come up are actually pretty good and they're horrific. So make sure you do your research. Talk to real people. Listen to what real people say, not just some static ad or something or some you know thing that could have been put up by the company itself online talk to some people that actually ordered from hey guys i'm thinking of ordering for this place what are your experiences weed out people there are always people out there and this is the unfortunate part of the hobby that you know they like a particular dealer but they'll spend time trying to tear down other dealers we i did a whole podcast on this like there's one thing to be loyal it's another thing to be a jerk about it so if somebody's like oh i would never buy any from them Talk to other people first. Find out what the deal is because it, it seems like any vendor out there is going to have their detractors. Uh, one more thing to be aware of. There are places out there that will offer to ship via U.S. Postal Service. It's been done for years. Uh, it, it seems like the U.S. Postal Service really, in most cases, isn't really worried about it. They're not going to ask you what's in your package. However, there have been instances where they have asked people, oh, what are you shipping? And they've told them tarantulas, and then they inform you that's illegal. It's it's actually illegal to ship through U.S. Post. Uh, again, I don't. I think it's one of these things they're turning a blind eye to it. Honestly, in most cases, you could get an overzealous you know, postal worker that's going to be like, oh, no, we know for a fact these are illegal. Most of them aren't going to ask. A lot of times back in the day, people would ship U.S. post office all the time, and they put like live plants on the side, which was deceptive, trying to hide the fact. But know that if they find out those are spiders, they can you can get in trouble for that. So even if they offer that option, it, you could get in trouble for receiving that package. So the best thing to do is ask for FedEx and have it shipped that way. I know it's cheaper through U.S. post, but it is illegal. Oh, and one more thing before I forget, because I, I this was on my notes and I completely missed it. 
it is illegal to order tarantulas through the mail from other countries without proper documentation. Um, I've seen people selling from the Philippines. I've seen there's a couple places in, I believe it might be the UK, possibly Poland. Poland was doing it. But there's a couple vendors anyway overseas that say they will ship anywhere in the world. Do not do that. It's called brown boxing. I have a whole podcast on it. I have an article on it on my site. It's illegal. It's basically smuggling spiders into the country. So stick to your own country if you want to sh- have spiders shipped to you. Look for, but make sure they're in the US. You will go on there sometimes and you'll be like shopping and everything looks great. And then you go to send them and you realize they're in another country. So do before you start and you find a vendor that looks good and has what you want, make sure they're in the US do not ship from another country. So there we go. I think I've about killed that topic. If you have any questions or want to respond, please uh, feel free to comment on Facebook. Again, I have to apologize. My work has been kicking my butt lately. I, my position is such that I have to write reports and, and do a lot of paperwork and attend a lot of meetings this time of year. And I just don't have enough time in the day to do everything I want to do. And Facebook's really been the thing that's been suffering a bit. So I apologize. I, I'm sure people have been trying to get a hold of me on it, but I'm just not there's only so much time in the day and i have to be honest and i just throw this out there just you know kind of as a cautionary note that i never want the tom's big spires thing to turn into a chore or feel like a job if that starts to happen then i'm done i'm I'm walking away so i had somebody the other day really frustrated because i guess they messaged me on facebook listen i don't have i I can't get to everything i try i really do but there comes to a point where there's only so many hours in a day. I came home, you know, Billy and I went to go see a movie yesterday. That took a big chunk out of our day, but I do have a life beyond this. I teach. I have my kids. The other day we had, you know, one of my oldest son showed up to hang out. I was going to get some stuff done. We're visiting. I'm visiting with my family. So please keep that in mind. I, I try to get back to everybody. Here's what the best advice I can offer is the one thing I'm able to keep track of uh, much easier or be able to respond to is my YouTube page. So if you've got something that's an emergency and I didn't respond to you on Facebook, I, I know it's probably not the most convenient thing, but hop over, find me on YouTube and just leave a comment on any random video. I see all the comments. I respond to all the comments on YouTube. It's just easy for me to hop on my phone to do that or I, you know, I get YouTube on work. I'm not going to admit to that, but I could if I wanted to answer things at work. But that's the spot that I'm able to get back to everything very, very quickly on. It's just I have to budget my time. I have to pick where I'm going to go at. And that's it's easier to go through a bunch of comments on there to bounce and forth between email and Facebook messages. Plus, when I use Facebook on my phone, it's a pain in the butt. And when I use Facebook on my computer, it's very weird. Like the, the messages bounce around when I'm trying to write them. And it's just really irritating. It takes a lot of time. So I will get back. You know, if things slow down. I'll be able to hopefully keep up with it better. I've had people offer to take over for me, but I really don't want somebody answering for me. It's very important. Like I think people that are asking me for information want information from me. And I just sometimes I, I can't imagine somebody answering for me because then I'd have to vet everything anyway. It'd just be weird. So please bear with me during these next month or so. It'll probably go on for about the next two months and then things will slow down. I'll have more time to go on. But right now it's been like I get to school an hour and a half early. I leave late and I get home and I'm feeding spiders and doing the videos and stuff like that. So sometimes the correspondence gets a little lost in the shuffle. So I apologize, but I will be back. So anyway, enough of me whining about being busy. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you guys all next time.